Good evening, everybody. Welcome to uh, Music Movies and Madness, our little podcast that we do every week, religiously, religiously. And um, we, oh, actually, this uh, I've noticed um, that we're getting some really nice feedback from our listeners on Facebook. They're t- tapping in comments. There's a Facebook page, and uh, it's really nice to read. You know when they when they write these sort of comments about the show and get involved. So this week, um, so big shout out to the listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, and um, this this week we're we're jumping into 1993. So we would love to have your album choice of the 93 and movie choice as well. If there was a favourite movie that you saw. Um, with me tonight, I'm Ian. I uh, have the usual panel of uh, David Chan, Martin. I always get your last name wrong. Galia. So, yeah, that's close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn Thurston. Hey. And yo. So yeah, let's uh, let's jump straight into 1993. It's uh, we'll have a quarter on in a minute, but before we do that, it was. Uh, it was a humongous year, pretty much for music and and uh, also movies. Massive. Um, the reason I chose '93 was because I've actually gone through a little period over the last three or four months where a good friend of mine has pointed out to me pretty much everything I've been suggesting and recommending they have a listen to is from the '90s, and I thought, well, yeah, okay, let's. '93 seems like a good year, so. And it certainly is. This song sticks in my mind from 93. Do you remember this one, boys? Who didn't like it? Seventh form maths. I failed that bloody maths course too because me and Dale Moore were trying to figure out the lyrics to that bloody thing for half the year. <laughs> 30 years later, I still don't know what the lyrics no. are to that bloody No, no. It's, no, it's brilliant. It's just, it, yeah. Lick, you, lick your boom boom down. Is that it? I, I, I... I like it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> There's something going on. <laughs> something, something weird. So that that puts you in the uh, that puts us that's that if you're listening uh, to this podcast that, that's ninety three that's where we're heading that's the direction of the things that were going on we had uh, baggy jeans we had homies we had metalers uh, we had Whitney Houston smashing stuff out at number one UB forty selling themselves out with falling in love um, Mariah Carey with that sucky song Dream Lover um, you used to like that too. Dream lover. I never did. No, Damn. Oh, behave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Truth comes out now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God, it was a year of 500 miles. God. Uh, was it? It yeah. was. And Billy Joel, The River of Dreams. So there was. Oh, just, God. Was, that song is terrible. There was a load of stuff came that out. That is like so horrible. Oh, isn't it awful? But hope, hopefully, we shall, being uh, the panel of experts that we are, experts, Mm. that we're going to bring some quality 
assurance to the show. And uh, we're going to start tonight's show with David. I'm going to let you lead us off, my man. We're 1993. Take yep. us back there, bro. I've got three picks, three albums. I don't know which one I'm going to choose, to be honest. All three of them I owned. Um, okay, let's start with 1993. We've got, a, we've got a, a band that's basically new on the block. Um, female lead vocalist, brilliant brilliant album backed it up with another brilliant album after this at the same time you've got another group led by a guy that they're possibly on the way out but quite a an astonishing back catalog so i had to choose between the cranberries or meatloaf had both of these albums back in the back in 93 so i've gone with the cranberries mm. with everybody else is doing it so why can't we yeah. But I equally could have gone with Bad Out of Hell too, because I had that one as well. Um, which is a good album, but I have to pick one. So I think he I think he was number one for ages, wasn't he? With he, he, uh, he was. Was he? And to be yeah. honest, that song <laughs> is the reason why I didn't pick it because good. I could like, do anything, but I won't well, do I that. Won't that was do one that. Yeah, that was ninety three, yeah. So he was smashing. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, great. yeah. Um Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, or whatever it is, is, is the other follow-up track, which I do quite like on that album. I think that's the mm. standout track. Anyway, I chose The Cranberries, and um, two standout tracks. We'll both know them. I'm going to play them anyway. Um, Dreams, right, and Linger. So I'm going to lead out with lead out with Dreams, track two on the album. Um, and this is the era of CDs, right? This is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, oh my God, these albums are massively long. Yeah, compact discs, that's right. 60 minutes, yep. and that's not even a long one for this um, mm -hmm. Cranberries one. That Meatloaf yep. one, 75 minutes. Oh my yeah. God. Um, a long track one. one, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. 12 minutes. It took 12 minutes to say he wouldn't do that. Oh, I rest but my He never said what he wouldn't do. No. Some guys take their time, man. They do. Anywho. We're going to go for the cranberries. I love the offbeat drums. Bam. Oh, stunning track. Oh, and I play, play the chorus a little bit. Oh, oh, the offbeats, man. Cracking drummer. Ah. 
And then you get the Dolores, Dolores Whale, which I kind of like. No one quite does it quite like her. Um, yeah, Dreams, second track. Uh, four and a half minutes of Cranberry's goodness. Um, followed by Linga, which mm. is equally... Um, actually, it's quite a dour, is that the right word? Uh, album. It's 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 not a yeah. it's not a get up and you know boom boom shake your rump. Mm. <laughs> it ain't one of those. To be, f- no, no. to be fair, I don't think the cranberries were ever that band ever, except for maybe one song. Dreams. Uh, I can like the recesses of my mind though, thinking back to like 1993. I remember it was the time like MTV was like huge at that point, and they were like mm. always on MTV. Yep, like yeah. huge on MTV, and it was usually a live gig, wasn't it? Mm. It was usually yeah. them with squillions of people out there. I mean, mm. they pulled the crowds. Um, it's astonishing. Anyway, there's the second track I've chosen, Linger, uh, track number seven. something going on it's like yeah. Fergal Fergal Loyal Fergal Lawler was the drummer with Cranberries brilliant drummer yeah yeah I think it was was it Fergal mm. superb so yeah that was my choice Ian um the do you want to hear the third album that I could have picked yeah what, was, what would have been so it was between meatloaf cranberries or jam and spoon <laughs> <laughs> what is oh, what is what what is jam and spoon what are you serious oh yeah so they, i have they, no idea i bought their album tripomatic fairy tales 2001 the year after because what? that's how long it took to come to new zealand and it had this massive hit on there and i'll just play a little oh. bit of it because yeah my third track very very famous song um eon you know it because you'll know the i think it's spanish guitar at the start i think it's a Probably some sort of sample crap from someone that can really play. <laughs> Here we go. Jog mum, jog mum this memory. was their big hit. Um, German trance band, Jam and Spoon. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember this? I think that's a harpsichord they're doing that on. Clubs in about 94, 95. Doof, doof. I went to Palmerston North. Oh. Yeah, then the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, vaguely. Oh, it's 
quality. not that bad, eh? It's quality. Oh, and it's quality. actually... So, lead singer, woman called Plavka, American. Yeah. But the, it's um, not too the, bad, actually. The German duo, Jam and Spoon, um, one of them is classically trained on guitar, like, seriously, <laughs> like, really good. And uh, But they became massively famous as DJs um, in, in, uh, in the, uh, what is it, the trance what do you call it oh, it was it was actually trance was, was on the way out 93 is the funny year right because trance was on the way out but you haven't got the haven't quite got the brit pop arriving yet mm, sort of mm. in that a lot of r&b and a lot of hip-hop um and no, the stuff was on the way out yeah i do re- i do vaguely remember remember that song i don't think i was clubbing too much at seven seventeen sixteen seventeen but yeah, no, that's good. Thanks, oh, Dave. That sounds great. Man. Let's try to forget I'm a bit older. Yeah, well, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, how did you get on in 1993, mate? Yeah, it's a good year, 93. Uh, yeah. So, interesting fact about 93. Uh, there was a month in 93 where I spent every weekend seeing a gig at Wembley Stadium. Wow. Four weeks, four weekends on the right. Glenn's face sums it up. Nice. And one of those, um, one of those gigs, this artist was, was supporting um, one of the bands that I saw. And the band, I, the main band I went to see was U2. Um, and um, nice. I got I got kind of lucky with the support acts as well. Well, one of them I did. The other one, not so much. You will probably remember this one, Dave. Stereo MCs. Do you remember the Stereo MCs? No idea. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. Probably know the man. song, though. Probably know the song. <clears throat> yeah, they were quite big at the time. Um, but the other one, the other act that I saw, um, it, as soon as I saw her, I instantly fell in love. Thought, this is amazing, brilliant. And what got me was the fact that it's just so original. There's no one else in the world that sounds like her. Still no one that sounds like her. Um, so I went with Bjork and debut. Ah, marvellous. Marvellous. Big Bjork, isn't it? Um, mm. Yeah. That first Bjork album for me, um, I think it's stunning. just a stunning album. Uh, it's, it blew my mind then. I still love listening to it. It's one I'm after on vinyl and I haven't got yet. I, I have to see how that goes on on my way. Um, yeah, um, so I'm going to play uh, a bit of the first track because it was like everybody's real kind of introduction to to mm. Bjork, really, uh, and also a bit of the last track. Uh, so the first track's called Human Behavior, um, and uh, yeah, seeing this live, she came on stage basically wearing like a flower sack. <laughs> And just skipped around, you know, this is like 300 foot long, like U2 stage. And she's just like skipping around, just having the time of her life uh, singing this. Um, If you ever get the chance to see her, take the opportunity. She is such a unique performer. Um, And even if you don't like any of the songs or whatever, just go. It is extraordinary. Yeah, you will have fun, guaranteed. Uh, Yes, so this is uh, human behaviour.
Yeah. It's pretty um, funky. I quite like that. Yeah. It's produced by um, Nelly Hooper, who had previously, um, I'm trying to think who it was now that he, he'd done. And he was known for being like super slick. He was like, you know, that kind of William Orbit sort of producer who just like knew all the tech backwards, was like totally into the sampling thing, totally into the to drum machines, totally into synths. Yeah. And just, it, it was just like, every track on this, the production on it is just like bang on. Just yeah. like super clean, super, super, I don't know, just especially your headphones, it just like rings around your head. It's great mm. stuff. Um, the the other one I'm going to play for you uh, is the last track, and it's called Play Dead. Um, and this is actually my favorite York track. Um, it's very James Bondy, um, mm. largely due to the fact that it was um, uh, orchestrated by David Arnold, who was doing all the Bond films at that time. Um, and for me, her, her vocals on this are just stunning. Like, man, she can wail. Uh, <laughs> so this is a bit of play dead, yeah. Awesome. Um, I don't quite know what to say to that. Hosting yeah, she, too. Does she have a band? Does she tour with a band she, or does? Um, yeah, I, she. I know in terms of like production and stuff, she's actually very hands-on in terms of like producing most of it herself as well. Um, mm. So she does play a huge part in. I mean, she wrote I think every track, um, but she does play a huge part in like the engineering and the, and the production side as well. She was prior prior to. To kind of go in solo, she was in a band called the Sugar Cubes, and I don't know if you've ever heard any of their stuff. It's kind of slightly punky, kind of electro punky kind of stuff. Um, and she always said, although she had a good time doing it, it was never quite her. It never quite 
fitted exactly to, to, to what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so this really was was a chance to kind of like just spread her wings and kind of go for it. Um, yeah. And this album and the, and the follow-up one as well, both, yeah, great, great mm-hmm. one too. Um, and then she kind of got very weird for a while, um, got went very dark for a while as well. Um, and I haven't, I kind of went off and kind of came back a bit later on. And, and, but the stuff she's done in the last couple of albums has been really, really interesting as well. So she seems to be coming back. Always interesting. Always well, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, Always true. challenging. Um, she makes fans work for it, which I think is kind of cool. You know, she's an artist. It does sound, um, it definitely does sound Bond, Bond-like. And yeah, yeah. I know that's I know that Bond set part of that Bond sound, especially the latest stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's pretty uh, compressed kind of sounds, like the bass lines and things are quite compressed. Yeah, you know, heavy synth bass. Not I wouldn't say the string bass, but yeah, compressed synth bass. Yeah, so it's an effective uh, technique, right? Yeah, it, cu- it cuts through. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great, nice choice, man. Have you got a third Cheers, track for us there, mate? Or uh, no, I'll stick with the two. I'll stick with the yeah. two. Yeah, okay, Martin. That's uh, what's the album called? Sorry, man. It's called Debut. Debut. Yeah, yeah. I have to check that what one a great, out. What Never a great heard. way to do it, eh? Just like debut, mm. bam. Yeah, They're on man. the back of that truck through New York or whatever it was, eh? on the top of the bus. Yeah, that's awesome. It. Yep. Great. Yeah. Okay. And carrying on for us, Glenn Thurston. How did you? All get right. I well, again, a packing of riches. Um, mm. I've picked another female-led band. Um, this one's called Last Splash by the Breeders. Um, may have talked about a little bit about the Breeders before. Um, particularly um, the, the band or one of the bands that followed from the the Pixies that had broken up. Um, and Kim Deal and her sister Kelly uh, formed a band and made some made this incredibly cool record, and only clips in at thirty nine minutes, so it actually is pretty decent in terms of size, which is damn good. So you may have heard this before. This is Cannonball. <laughs> isn't it um so yeah that's um cannonball that was obviously the big hit from the album um yeah the breeders really were sort of a response in some ways to 
um, Black Francis and his over-exaggerated ego and Kim went out and did her own thing. And, you know, it's she must have had this backlog of amazing songs saved up. Um, it's a band that doesn't take itself particularly seriously. Um, and again, just sort of, sort of grungy or sort of indie pop sort of stuff. Um, here's another single, and this is called Saints. I like all the Really, sort of that drawl in the song um, sort of pioneered a way for so many sort of, I don't know, there was an influx of fantastic female artists and bands from around that time onwards, mm. actually. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I just love listening to this record. I keep coming back to it. It's fun. It, it's a good pick-me-up record. It's got some depth to it. It's also funny as well. Uh, this last one I'm going to play is called No Alola. Um bye no aloha Essential sort of early 90s sort of alternative pop, etc. Um, that's The Breeders and Last Splash is the album. You know what I love about that one? It's the mix, uh, right? Uh, it's got so much depth to it. Like, you've got the voices somewhere in the middle, there's a guitar in front of that, there's a guitar behind that, the drums are somewhere like 300 mm. yards back. Like, that is what's missing from like modern stuff. It's space. I'm going to sound really old now, but there's no space. Yeah, everything's just compressed to shit. Um, but that's just got tons and tons of depth, and that's what's missing. Yeah, I 
really oh, rate it. I've, I've had this oh, since oh, 94 when I discovered it and love it. Great. Oh, that's a I do like that sound. Thank you, mate. Yeah. What's that, David? I do like that sound. Wow. Check out Last mm. Splash. Yeah, well. Right. Thank you, boys. And uh, my choice in 1993... I went for a um, a blues artist because you know that I love the blues, and I got I was lucky to see this guy play live just before he died, and uh, in Sheffield Arena. Yeah, I mean I think he's probably one of the greatest guitar players that's walked this earth. Um, and without further ado, I would like to introduce the main man of the hour. Get your chops it, around that. I mean. it, it, is it, can I take a guess? Take a guess. Yes. Is it Gary, Gary Moore? 10 out of 10. Well done, Mr. Thurston. Thank Top you. of the class. We are, we are Gary Moore, Blues Alive is the album, 1993. And, yeah, the man is in peak form. He's It's recorded over two years, I think, a two-year period, and... They've taken sort of the best snippets, and Jesus Christ, he just does not drop a note. Uh, he shreds. He's got the brass backing. He's got three female backing singers. It's a, a blues album that just is at the top of the bill. It's incredible from start to finish is this album. If you don't like blues and you don't own any blues, A, shame on you, but B, uh Sort your shit out and go and buy Blues Alive by Gary Moore. Now, Ian, is this the album or one of the live tracks like Parisian Highway or Parisian Walkways? And, and he holds that note like that seems to go on for about 10 minutes. That is the album. That is the please, track. Please yeah. tell me you got that bit. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, the one thing. I, I wondered for years how the hell he did that. And then I read an interview with him where he was talking about it. And every night before the show, he would get his, his, his roadie to basically pound, pound around the stage to find that one spot on stage where he wow. could get that feedback, where he could really? hold that note. And they'd put a little red cross on the ground and he'd play the gig 
halfway through the gig, I'd be searching around on the ground, find that spot, just stand on it. And that was it. <laughs> Imagine if they just decided to not put it out there. <laughs> it'd be like the, it'd be looking just, around on the dark stage. Where's the feedback? Just to just to trick him. Now he's, he was uh, he, he was a sort of he would be had a big hit the year before or that year with um still got the blues for you. Yeah, yeah. So that, it was around that time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The the prison walkways came out the year after this album, but um, oh. I think still still got the blues was yeah around the time the thing with gary moore is he was um he's just so underrated he and this is why you've got to listen to this album because it's live and you just hear man the guy is just a machine uh he leaves most of the people that i've heard for dust uh i i've the tracks i've chosen i've kind of jumped in where he's Mm. doing the twiddly bits because that's his his vocals are all right but the master, you know, he's what he does best is the guitar. So, yeah, for this next track, I think I've just jumped kind of in at that part as well. So, but give the album a listen. And this is, of course, the most magnificent Parisian walkways. I recall that you were my those Parisian days. And that is a man who's got full control of what he's doing. He's got, you know, light and shade, uh, which is incredible. And as a player, as a guitarist, um, oh, well, I think as anyone who's a musician, you can really appreciate when you listen to something like that, you can hear the vibrato on the notes, the sustain. It's just an, he's a really, really magical player, is Gary Moore. Um, and then I thought I'd chuck this little gem in as well, which is a wonderful song, which I'm sure many blues band and budding guitarists would like to learn or have played. And it goes like this, walking by myself. But you know, with for me, and when I saw him live, what you get with Gary Moore is you get 
you get Clapton, Hay, Van Halen, you get any massive name shredder. He does the damn lot and he's in his own style. And uh, it's a superb album. Blues Alive, Gary Moore, 1993. Get stuck in. And I think that uh, that leaves us at the end of this of the uh, this week's um, podcast. So thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, don't for, uh, don't forget to put your albums on there for us to check out because we do like to do that. And thanks for listening. We'll tune in shortly with the um, the next episode of movies. <laughs>